Greetings, true believers. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, nerds of all ages, this is Views from the Back of the Class. My name is Jack Bennington, but you can call me JB, and I'm here with my mans. What's up, N-Words? It is Josh. (laughs) And the crowd goes wild. (sighs) Why is is there a crowd in 2020, Josh? Um, Because we don't care about uh, social distancing, man. No, it's 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 a virtual crowd. So, oh, yeah. all right, all right. Yeah, we actually pipe it in and uh, spend a lot of money in CGI to get those guys brought in. So, don't worry about that. Don't don't add us. Got it. Which is actually pretty funny that you mentioned that because for a couple of minutes earlier today, I was I was taking a nap and I was awoken by the masked dancer, um, and I'm like watching it, and I'm like, why is, do they have this huge crowd? Like and, and people in the you know this huge audience, and I'm like watching. I'm like, this is weird because the crowd's like there, <laughs> just interacting oddly. And then I like looked online really quick, and apparently it's like a virtual crowd, and they just edited in like footage from the other shows in between, like the dancing and stuff. Anyway, I didn't end up watching. I turned pretty quick after that, but I was just confused because I was like, wait, isn't this show new? Like, why are, why do they have an audience? I don't get it. And then I was like, I don't care. And That's I, kind of an interesting TV trick, though. I know you guys didn't tune in for our takes on <laughs> <laughs> on the mass dancer, but this was interesting to me. Where we turn into an entertainment podcast. There you go. Pop We're expanding. Yeah. And I guarantee you it's some it's there's a nerd tie in there. But you're gonna have to tell Someone. us about it because I ain't watching. Yeah. That was an accident. I, w- I was watching football and then I woke up at to Boys. <laughs> so so that sounds like the worst lie in history i know it's the truth <laughs> but the way it was no i was watching football <laughs> like of course <laughs> sure you were josh i was <laughs> yeah it was seahawks and uh rams so good catch but, um, anyway anyway the the it it was just stupid. Like it, to me, in in 2020, it seems kind of dumb that they would even waste time trying to like fake an audience when, like, we know, like, hey, we get it. There's no audience. Like, why why even try? I imagine that that's part of the appeal of the show, though. I know that's the case with sporting events. It makes sense to me in that way because that is part of the TV experience. So I'm guessing it's the same thing for that type of a show. But I see that's the thing is I I think with like dancing and I'm not like a big reality TV person or anything but like with with a show based around dancing I would think it would just be more of um, focused on like the dancing but it was like as people are dancing they're cutting to the audience and it's like so you're missing out on what you're there to see like if singing and everything like that I get it you can still hear you know the performance right. but dancing is a hundred percent visual so if you're not showing me that. Why am I here? I mean, I'm only here because I woke up after watching football. But 
in the event of people who actually tune into it. I don't know. You're not touching on, on what you're promising. Well, that's anyway, definitely 2020. I mean, that yeah. <laughs> makes sense to me. All right, we are wading weeds. <laughs> so, uh, how do we pivot away from the mass dancer? <laughs> so I know. Well, we weren't we weren't supposed to go off on a tangent about this. So uh, what, what do we what do we got for today? What's the well? Job? While you were watching, you guys can't see me right now, but I'm air quoting football. I was actually watching Wonder Woman. WW84. Mm-hmm. And uh, according to these internet streets, man, it's it's hot. Like it's a hot topic. It's very uh, divisive, to say the least. As with anything that's has even you know remotely a strong female character lead in it these days. That's the truth. No, that is that is one hundred percent the truth. And aside from that. Like, I'll just be honest about this, and I don't know if I should even put this on wax, but I will because I'm a G. I don't care. <laughs> Lowercase G, though. That actually did kind of affect the way that I viewed the film. Like, that was the lens through which I was watching it. It's kind of an undeniable thing. So, in many ways, like, I was really rooting for it. Like, I was actively rooting for the film to uh, to be a good one. For more reasons than me just enjoying the character, which I typically don't do. Like I go into a a project and if it's something I'm excited about, it's because of the, you know, the character, the writer, the director, something that has drawn me into this. And I'm excited about that. And that was the case with Wonder Woman, for sure. Like she's a character that I dig. I'm a big fan of Wonder Woman, particularly in print. And. So I was excited on that level, the cast as well. But I I would be lying if I said I was also really, really hoping that the film was going to be good because I needed it to be kind of bulletproof because there are going to be people who are going to hate on it just because of, you know, the lead character being this very powerful woman. And if the film is good and you attack it anyway, then your argument becomes super transparent. Like, all right, you just hate women. And, and, and right. from, you know, those type of arguments can be dismissed. Um, unfortunately, and this is just JB's opinion, it was not bulletproof. There are definitely critiques to be made about it. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't, I didn't really like it. Like there are things about it that I liked, but as an overall project, I really didn't like it. And I was, and that saddened me. And I, I thought about it for a little while. Like, how am I going to discuss this? Because you were crushed. I mean, I ain't going to go so far as to say I was crushed. But <laughs> <laughs> I was disappointed for sure. Uh, then I remembered it was DC. I was like, oh, yeah, these are the people that did BVS and Justice League. So, of course. But more than anything, I was like, man, now I have to discuss this, right? I'm going to talk about this, and I want to make sure that I don't just add to this chorus of nonsense. And I'm, you know, sounding like just a dude that doesn't want to see a strong woman in a film, which is not true. But that part kind of bummed me out, for sure. You know, I tried to avoid it pretty quick because I didn't watch it uh, Friday when it came out. Like, I just watched it. 
uh, last night. So it's funny because, um, well, you know, he's been on the show, so I can uh, um, say who I'm talking about. Joe texts me at like, I guess it was like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or something like that. He's like, oh, he's like, yeah, I just watched Wonder Woman. He's like, I didn't think it was that good. And I was like, hey, I haven't watched it yet. Like, no spoilers. And he's like, oh, okay, my bad. So I kind of, I tried to avoid the, you know, it was kind of easy to do, like, the online negativity about it and um, comments and stuff and people, you know, posting about it. I, that was kind of easy to do. So I, I just went in was and watched it kind of, like, without any um, preconceived notions about it or anything. And, you know, just uh, simply, I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed the, I guess, the late second and third acts more than the first mm-hmm. one. There were some things about it that were kind of weird to me, like we're in, you know, Stranger Things, they have like these references to the 80s and they're kind of cool, I guess. But for me, it was a lot of things in Wonder Woman 84 like that. I just didn't get like, I was like oh, is this, was this a thing in the 80s? Like what? And there were some lines in there, too, that I thought were pretty funny, like uh, Pedro Pascal or Max Max Lord, like, oh, I, I can get you a deal at Sears for a 19 inch TV. Like, Whoa, right, right, right. You're that's. <laughs> That's awesome, you know, like, 19 inches, like, oh, like, I have, you know, laptops are bigger than that now. And then, of course, you know, like, we're going to be laughing back to, like, it, you know, years from now, we're like, oh, remember when phones only came with, you know, 128 gigs out the box? Like, that was crazy. Right. So I get it. You know, that stuff was pretty funny. But there's some 80s stuff that was, like, I feel like hardcore 80s references that if you weren't around, then you, you don't kind of get and to me, that kind of like there was a little disconnect there. But the the first half, like the beginning, the montage, I thought was pretty cool of her like saving random people and, and doing stuff and, and being kind of like unseen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I That was cool. But there was like such a large gap between that and the bread trailer breadcrumbs they left and then like where they were going with the story. And, you know, I feel like that's where they left at. Overall, you know, I like the movie. I do think the storyline was crazy weaker than the the first yes. one. Yes. And even that one, you know, the storyline was an origin tale. So it wasn't that unique, but it was just executed in a better way. And this one didn't seem that way. And it, and it was kind of disappointing because you're like, oh, it got pushed back. It got pushed back. And then finally it's like, oh, okay, we can watch it same day on streaming, which is amazing and, and awesome. But it did ultimately feel more like a a letdown for something that was, you know, as anticipated as it was. Yeah. I've looked today, you know, in some of the criticisms that it's had. And, you know, I think some people are like, you know, this movie, they could cut 30 minutes out of the movie. And I agree with that. Yeah. The backstory and stuff was too much. And even the bringing Steve back. Yeah, I'm kind of conflicted about that. I think maybe it's a 2020 thing, but, um, you know, prospect of bringing back somebody and then having to, uh, I guess we can spoil it, um, even though you probably can figure it out, you know, bringing back somebody who's important to you and then having to lose them too and the pain of that. It's like, uh, this is kind of a little bit too raw for for 2020 and and people out there who who have lost loved ones or things like so. I, I thought. That was kind of in different times. I don't think it would have been that big of a deal, but you know, I get it for the purpose of the the plot points and stuff for the story. Right. But it wasn't bulletproof, like you said, which is unfortunate. That that particular aspect of it with Steve coming back, 
when they first announced, you know, Chris Pine being in the film again, I thought it was ridiculous. I'm like, this is stupid. He died and decades ago. Like, so even if he survived <laughs> somehow during the war, we still like 70 years removed from that. So he'd have died anyway. <laughs> well, only 40 years. That wasn't in World War One. That wasn't in the 50s. I thought it was two. Was it one? I thought it was one. Crap, I don't remember now. Now we got to be accurate. I mean, I'm looking it up right now, even though, you know, my policy is not to really fact check, but let's see. Um, yeah, it was World War One. So, dang. <laughs> yeah, so it still is. Um, yeah, so he was going to be still 70. Plus yeah, he was going to be dead so, anyway. I thought it was World War II, like, so I'm thinking it's only like, oh. And you know what's funny about that is like it's a 40 year difference that I was when I was watching the movie. I'm like, okay, it's only it's been 40 years since, you know, we last saw this dude 40 something years or 40 years exactly. But no, it's been 70. Right. That's that's insane. Honestly, I thought Chris Pine was like one of the more uh, interesting pieces of the film. Like I thought his acting was really well as portraying someone out of time being, you know, amazed by modern conveniences and stuff. And I don't know, maybe because I'm, I'm getting older and stuck in the house and anal- analyzing stuff a lot more. I don't know. But it's like, this guy's talking to, like, a, a green screen. You know, like, <laughs> there's there are no real fireworks. There's n- not this really happening. And, you you know, you have to pretend to be amazed by something right. that you grew up seeing. And I guess maybe it's, you know, a drawing on, on something that amazes him. I don't know. But I, I, thought, he was, I thought his performance. Well, they would have seen fireworks before. Those existed. So I don't think that was all that new. I like the train and stuff. Right. And the scene with the exercise bike, I thought that was pretty Yeah, that funny. was. He's like, yeah, I tried to ride the bike, but I couldn't figure out how to go. <laughs> That's funny. Now, my, my, my thing with, with Steve's presence, yeah, because I wasn't, I wasn't feeling the idea at first. And, and when he showed up in the movie, I was like, this is dumb. I don't. But once everything got revealed on... You know how um, we gave the spoiler alert already, right? Mm-hmm. Once everything got revealed with the stone and you know the wishes and how it was basically the monkey paw and it came with a cost, that was an interesting plot point to me. I thought that was pretty solid in that you got to see Wonder Woman kind of flawed in a way because she was. It was heroic for her to say, "Okay, I'm willing to give up, you know, my power or at least for for a moment. It was I'm willing to give up my power so I can have this person that I love. But beyond that, and this is where I say she was kind of flawed. She was willing to have this person removed, like the person who exists that she can't see. She only sees Steve. But this is somebody else completely. This is another dude. And she was perfectly willing for that yeah. dude to sacrifice himself so that she could have her her love. Incredibly selfish. Yeah, it's crazy, too, because I remember watching, uh, you know, me and Donald were watching together. And I was like, is this going to be like a traveler scenario where this dude died and he just, like, took his place? And, and for those of you guys who aren't up on the reference travelers was a tv show on netflix sci-fi um, basically people were in the future tra- traveling back in time and uh let's say somebody died on a certain day and st- instead of that person dying they would just take over their body 
pretty good. It's on Netflix. Ran for three seasons. But I was like, what's going on with the dude whose body he has? Like, did this guy die and, and now he, he he's, has his body? Or did they just, like, push his consciousness to, like, the basement and now Steve's there? And I thought it was interesting how that was, she was kind of like, it wasn't even really brought up or a thing. No. And I think that was kind of like, oh, I don't know if they were trying to, what they were going for, but I thought that was, like, a weaker part. Where it's like, they need to address this. Like, this dude, like you said, this dude has a life. He has, um, we're seeing that he has a life because we're seeing his apartment and the things he has and his 80s decor and all that crap. And they don't really address exactly what happened to the dude. Steve's like, I just woke up this morning. Right. And it's like, well, what happened to Jim or Luke or whatever that his name was? I don't even know if they said it, but. Right. Yeah, that was, that was pretty wild. Couple things I did I did really really like though I'll I'll say that the opening in Themyscira was dope. Mm-hmm. That whole sequence beautifully shot. It, that was I mean anytime they did stuff with the Amazons it was always cold. So I was I was a big fan of that. I liked Wonder Woman's Diana. I mean Wonder Woman Gal Gadot's Diana a lot too. I, I enjoyed her interactions. In the museum, like the relationship with her and Barbara, I like how that whole thing played out. Like in the very beginning, she was really aloof and she kind of looked through Barbara like pretty much everybody does. And then when she found out it was something she needed, then she, you know, kind of warms up to her. They developed this friendship or whatever. I thought that was cool. I thought Kristen Wiig did her thing. Like I really enjoyed really? I really enjoyed her. I feel like that was a missed opportunity. I'll, I'll get to critiques yet. I'm positive. Stuff I did like. <laughs> All right, so I like Gal Gadot. I like Kristen Wiig. I liked the choice of Maxwell Lord for the 80s, for sure. I thought he was a good option. I like mm-hmm. that we got a reference to the toll that using his power took on his body like that's that's a thing that maxwell lord dealt with even though his power set in the comics obviously is very different than what we were talking about in the film what else did i like the action scenes when we got them were good now the butts (laughs) (laughs) so i mean those the things that were good were really good but there was so much to be desired in my opinion gaping like train size plot holes some of the dialogue was i know that there was there was supposed to be like intentionally cheesy because of it being the 80s and it was references to that oh the invisible jet i like the invisible jet i do too i like that scene i liked it a lot actually but i didn't like the execution of it it was terrible <laughs> like it was first of all you work for the Smithsonian, so I don't know if that comes with enough clout where you can just have access to like historic stuff like that, and you can just take a jet across the world, and nobody's gonna right. notice. But also, you're taking a fighter plane from the United States in the '80s and flying it to Egypt. Is it supposed to make it there and back on one tank of jet fuel? I mean, you ain't finna just roll up to beep. And why was there enough fuel in there to begin with? To begin with, yeah, it was like, <laughs> I didn't understand. I thought that was, 
at first when they pulled up to to where they were at, it was kind of like, oh, maybe she has like her own secret hangar and she has a jet. And I was like, OK, I can buy that. And then I'm like, where the heck are they? Because they walk out, they walk into like the hangar with the, the plane in there mm-hmm. and then they walk outside and she's like, take your pick. And I'm like, nah, this is not like her own personal like rental space or whatever. And I'm like, well, where are they? I'm like, she worked, she flashed her badge and got in there. But I'm like, she works for the Smithsonian. And I'm like, oh, wait, those are like historical pieces of, of, right. uh, of history. Right. And I was just kind of like, nah. I'm, yeah, that was, that was odd. And then for her to, you know, to make the plane invisible in that moment, it just, it was a clunky execution with that whole thing. She's like, oh, my, my, you know, my father made the mascara disappear and, I've been trying to figure out how he did it, and so you go from I, a. I did laugh at the line when she talked about losing the coffee. Yeah, I, that was that was funny. That was actually really funny. It was clever. Mm-hmm. But that too was kind of dumb to me, right? All right, you go from a coffee cup to a plane, and you and you were able to nail it. And remember, we're talking about a seventy-year gap from when we saw, you know, around seventy years from when we last saw her to now you ain't figured out how to do this before then like you just lost the coffee cup and stopped <laughs> well you know and, and to me now that you said it's been 70 years i'm thinking again it's only been 40 so um because at first i was like how does how does he know how to fly to fly a fighter jet and i'm like well i guess the dynamics of flying aren't that different um, especially in like 40 years you know but then now that you say it's been 70 years, like planes and like, I feel like that's like the equivalent of a modern car to like a 10 speed bicycle or something like that. Right. Model T versus a Tesla. That's a, a. Yeah. It's like a totally different. Like, yeah, you know how to drive it, but we don't have that like weird stick shift thingy that you use to direct right. <laughs> to d- direct uh, the direction of the car. Now it's like a wheel. But. Yeah, thinking it over now, it's like, I don't know, like, why you're happy to see this dude. I get it. But you trust him to fly you to Egypt. And also, that's a long flight. Like, and and maybe, again, suspension of disbelief. Yes. We're talking about, you know, comic book movie. But it's like, that's going to be the worst flight ever. You can't stand up. You can't pee or anything like that. Like, they didn't stop and go to the bathroom before this. You know, it's like, it just was weird that that's the route that they took with that and everything else that was going on. It just seems really, really odd. Yeah. Let me ask you this. What you think about Maxwell Lord being the main villain and Cheetah being kind of the side villain? I thought that was a miss. So um, I'll run down like my positive okay. real quick. I mean, and they're pretty much the same as yours. Like casting, I thought was good. Steve, Chris uh, Pine coming back. I thought initially i don't know how i feel about that i was when they when you saw he was coming back i was like okay how are they going to explain this Mm -hmm. like did something happen and he got caught in like a you know not really the speed force but something similar so you know over time he got out. i don't know or is he going to be like just a figment of like her imagination or that would have been interesting yeah it would have like maybe that's what she's dealing with and with the character the villain being cheetah i was like maybe that's going to play into it somehow she's going to mess with her psyche or something Chris in so the positives I, I think they're there you know again I think it shot really well I think some um the 80s nostalgia is there when you, when you understand it um even you know looking back and be like oh yeah in the 80s you know people didn't have cameras so they wouldn't have recorded this right stuff. 
So that was cool. But I guess it is easier, even though I, I did like the movie, it's easier to talk about the uh, the negatives. And I think I did not like Kristen Wiig. Wow. Okay. I thought Max Lord, and this is where I, I was really conflicted on the, on the um the movie because I'm like, okay, yeah, he's pretty pretty dope. Well, I thought he he's an interesting enough character, but I'm like, I don't know if he can carry an entire movie as being the villain. Mm-hmm. And then with Cheetah there, I'm like, okay, well, how does she play in? And then I don't, I'm, I really don't like the trope of, you know, your friend or your coworker or something turns into a rival. Like, I just, you can see it from a mile away. And I think that it could have been a better approach to well, it. Well, in this case, though, that's that's directly lifted yeah, from the it, comics, though. It's ripped. Yeah, it doesn't mean it's good. <laughs> I think. Like, being true to the. Fair enough. Yeah, being true to the source material, you know, I appreciate that, but it's kind of like we're we're you know it's it's above us. Um, we're above that kind of storytelling, or we really should be um, nowadays. Like, yes, it does happen, but it's so played out. Like, let's find a better way to bring this character to life on the screen. Um, maybe like by uh, or you know re uh, envisioning their origins or something like that. That's all. I just I just don't like that. Like, I don't like. I don't really like time travel, you know, as we've discussed. I don't, as a plot point or, or vehicle, um, I don't like this trope of you're the opposite of me and you're bad, I'm good things. Uh, eh, eh, let's do something a little bit different, a little, little, let's refresh it a little bit at least. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I didn't like Kristen Wiig and her, and it's in, I don't know if it's an 80s trope or or what, or 80s thing or not, but, you know, the whole nerdy person becomes popular, becomes bad. Eh. Really? I would have preferred for, you know, her backstory to be something like she's, and again, the field that they're in has to be like a small, a small community, but like she's bounced around from museum to museum and Diana like vouched for her and, you know, she maybe has a reputation for not being you know, the most ethical, she wasn't a geologist, what is it? Anyway, doctor in her field, or, you know, something like that, where it's, where it kind of is like, okay, I can kind of see this person turning. Now, I understand in relation to uh, Max Lord's powers and how they um, affect people, it's a way to really show the transition from, you know, being this woman who literally was feeding the homeless to being someone who's, you know, rightfully beating up a drunk, idiot on the street which i had no issue with um i think she took it a little bit too far but hey don't be some skis bag drunk trying to uh, assault women on the street so i, I get that point for the show i just don't think the execution was right hmm. i did like the way she looked at the end i thought she was a little bit too dark for the scene but i it didn't look as horrible as i thought it was as you know, she was describing like what she wanted to be and everything. I'm like, oh man, I hope they don't mess it up and make her look horrible, you know, like weird right. and janky. But and they didn't. So, but I I didn't like Kristen Wiig in that casting. And you asked me originally what got me on like this tangent <laughs> is what, what I thought about Max Lord. I thought he was good, and I thought, you know, as I was thinking over the movie and watching it, that his, you know, the ending. I was like, ah, oh, did the ending? Was it, did I like it or not? 
And ultimately, he wasn't that bad of a person. So I feel like the ending for him was kind of fair. You know, and it goes back to the beginning of the movie about lying and, you know, why it's important to show the truth. Because, you know, one lie can compound and become like a huge thing that you never even intended. And I think by how crazy and how close to destruction the world came at the end kind of drove that point home. So, like, I don't think that was his intentions to ever get to that point. But I think he once he realized what he could do and, and the negative effect of it, he's like, well, I'll fix it by doing this. And I'll fix it by doing this. And I'll fix it. And it's like, you know, a lie leads to a lie, leads to another lie, leads to, you know, and so forth. So the ending I was OK with, like, I don't think he deserved to die in the movie or which was kind of interesting. So all in all. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I understand some of the criticism, but I think some of it too is, some of it's legit. Like it really is. Uh, but I think some of it too is is just the the typical trolls. Right. And that's why I I was so disappointed in the in the film because you left space for the trolls. Like because of the legitimate criticism that exists, there's enough room there now for the trolls to have something to attach their venom to it was the same thing in my opinion with captain marvel which is probably the you know most clear direct comparison to make there were definite flaws in that film and it just made it easy easier than for the trolls to to kind of grab onto it and it's harder to defend it because they'll they'll have all of these ridiculous things to say and it you know that it i mean it's paper thin and you know that it's only because of their resentment for what this woman represents but they're using legitimate arguments to kind of shield it so it it yeah it was just an unfortunate thing i i have to say i am pretty shocked that we are so far apart on on two pretty major things with the with the cheetah thing and then with maxwell lord because i liked max lord i did not like the ending at all i thought that was it felt very much like an after school special to me because it is lifting you know directly from the beginning of the film uh when hippolyta was telling diana like you know the truth is I don't remember the exact quote, but basically the truth is all there is, right? This is, you know, putting this of Mm -hmm. utmost importance and then for it to come full circle at the end of the film and that being the thing that literally sets the world free is the truth. I, that was, that was a little too on the nose for me. Yeah. So I guess the execution, I guess when I say I didn't mind the ending of him not being killed off or something like that, I didn't mind Mm -hmm. that. But yeah, no, I know what you mean. Like I, so I'm thinking when he, the way, see what what's clunky to me is this. Everyone's like, I, I renounce my wish. What about the people who don't? Right. Like there are gonna be bad people out there. Who's gonna, you know, I don't right. crap. I thought, you know, the the talking to the world. And that was that, that was weird. Was kind of, that was and extreme. it shouldn't have worked. But whatever. No. And then, too, I, I really would have liked to see the lasso. How, like, did it do, like, a snake crawl over there? How did it get around his leg? But I didn't care for that. I just, 
it, it, that was weird. Um, I just mean his ending in this was kind of I was okay with it, with him realizing his mistake and what really wasn't got it. Um, but I feel like when he's like, hey, oh, I renounced my wish, I feel like that should automatically cancel. It, it would have because his uh, his it original wish was to be the stone. So if he renounced the wish, right. then everything that happened after that would have been reset. Right. Like I don't need to see like fake Ronald Reagan be like, I renounced my wish and, and everyone else and the dude in the pub. I don't need to see that because... I mean, maybe they're trying to show, like, the goodness in humanity or something. That's exactly what it was. But that was a little too Pollyanna-ish for me, especially for the 80s. No, thank you. Yeah. I didn't I, I didn't need to see that. I think it would have been better a better scene if, it, if she had been able to reach him somehow. Correct. And, and only him, and he and he takes steps up. But here's another thing I have with, with issues like this, and, again, it's suspending your disbelief. But we... It's no longer, you know, we, we know that this is not just a solitary hero. We, we know this is, is a part of a much bigger universe. And when you have world-altering events going mm-hmm. on, you, it, it requires a bigger response than just one person. So something like this should really have... <laughs> to make sense for something this this big because like once you get this big like literally the world is ending there are nukes is flying in, in the in the sky where are where's the lantern core you know what i mean like they would have been around in the 80s superman probably still a child at this as would have been batman agreed but green green lantern core would have been around i'm trying to think who else would, would have been on the the jsa heroes would have still i don't know there. if jsa so, like, exists JD, though right? i don't know if they're part of the dceu you're right. That's true, but there there are other people who've been introduced to this universe. The Atlanteans. I mean, they'll probably be like, "Hey, you know, we don't give a crap what's going on in the surface world, but you know what? That nuclear crap could pollute our oceans. So maybe we need to step in and just finally take over or, or wipe them off before they destroy the entire planet." So that's my only issue with not just with this movie, but just movies where you know the threat level is larger than life because then. When you have the team up again, if if we ever see that with DC, what's you know what uh, what is it going to be? A universe altering event because it, you just you just keep having to raise the stakes or something like that and an escalation. So that's that's like just a gripe I have with movies when they take this approach. Yeah, there's no through line that that should exist. Like I I agree with the notion. I think I see it a little bit differently. Because the way I was looking at it was not so much where was the response from other heroes in the moment, because it made sense to me that it would have only been her. The only additional response that that should have happened or that could have happened in that universe as we know it is maybe the Green Lantern Corps. But to me, that doesn't necessarily get on their radar unless like it's not going to get the attention of the core it would get the attention of the singular lantern yeah. that is responsible for earth. And maybe there isn't one yet. So that makes sense. My problem came in. Yeah, if this is supposed to all be interconnected, that is a world altering event that would have been well known by the time we got the events of BVS. Mm-hmm. So Batman should not have been surprised by this person or Lex who had the, you know, had the, the footage 
would not have had to rely on World War One footage like that would have been the stuff that would have been in her dossier. Even if you didn't know who she was, there would have been some photograph of this person like that. That no, disconnect was the there too, was like, that, that kind of bugged me. Yeah, it does, too, because I, I was joking. I was like, so 1984 is like their version of 2020. Like instead of, um, you know, them going back and saying, hey, remember that year we had to spend locked in the house? Like, hey, remember that year where everything went crazy over like a two weeks period right. the world almost ended? This is like a huge uh, uh, historical point that it's hard to get around. Like, I'm okay being as how she was never caught on camera. And even in the final scene where she's speaking to the world and all you see is like this glowing, you know, light. I'm okay with that. But like, again, like you said, there should have been some more than more hints of her in the previous films or speculation, at least that something had occurred, especially something this large. And like, it's just, it, it don't yeah. make sense. And the thing is like, all right, when BVS was made, Gal Gadot was, was, was cast as Wonder Woman, there would have been no way to anticipate what the story would have been, you know, years later, right? We didn't know that we were going to have two Wonder Woman films after that, and one of them would have been prior to the events. I get that. However, when you're making this film and recognizing that this is all supposed to connect, you need to know that and find a way to make the connection. Make us understand why this hasn't happened yet. And I hate to to always compare DC and Marvel, but that's just kind of how the game goes. Captain Marvel. And this is an I mean, this is a tiny, 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 tiny detail that a lot of people probably didn't even pick up on. But they made sure to make an explanation for it. Iron Man happened in 2008. We got no idea that any of this is going to happen, right? We we don't know nothing about the idea of uh, the MCU as it has come to be. When Nick Fury first shows up and he says, hey, I want to talk to you about the Avenger initiative. Singular. Most people didn't pick up on it. Years later, you know, it becomes part of, you know, blogger culture or whatever. And eventually it gets discussed. Now, when the prequel movie happens, what, 11 years later, again, a very small thing, but they made it fit. Well, why would Nick Fury say, say Avenger? And then they because he was referring to Captain Marvel or, you know what I mean? Just to little things to button it up. And, and we already, again, have to suspend disbelief. Because it's all a big believe world anyway. But within that, like you still should make the effort to make the things make sense. And I think that is where DC is consistently dropping the ball. They think that or somebody seems to think that it doesn't matter. And I, I get so frustrated with it because. DC should be mopping the floor with Marvel. They have infinitely more interesting characters. If you just take this story in and of itself, right? Wonder Woman 84, you got Wonder Woman, Maxwell Lord, Cheetah. You take these three characters in the 80s and you put this in the hands 
of the creative team over at Disney or over at Marvel, and I think you get a, a superior movie. I think you get mm-hmm. the same things that we did enjoy without the things that we didn't. And it's not to say that Marvel movies aren't flawed. They are certainly, you know, have their fair share of criticism to be made as well. But at the end of the day, it's pretty seamless. Like all of these movies that are made over a number of years and different creative teams, different directors, the connections are there. Mm -hmm. And that just does not seem to be the case over here and I, I it saddens me to say the least yeah no I get, I, see, I get what you're saying it's those little things matter and they're dropping the ball even the bigger universe the, the DCEU is a mess so we don't really know what's going on and uh, the, the thing that's disappointing about this and again like the movie but you know, I, you can like something and still be disappointed. Sure, like our parents feel about us. Um, no, that's <laughs> I'm sure that's quite real. <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. They had extra time with this because of the pandemic, and I know you can't really reshoot stuff, and but you can go back and fine tune things. And in some cases, you can reshoot stuff because some stuff only requires you know one person and green right. screen and a camera or something. But yeah, that's the disappointment that is that they had extra time with this, and this is what, like, if this had come, out, if nothing had happened, and this came out when it was originally scheduled, it would have been really a, a, a letdown for as good as Wonder Woman was for this to be the follow up, and tying in the events and the the other people, I do have issues with that, um, the history, and you know, I, like, I was talking with, um, I was talking with Donna because I. Recently, we, we watched uh, Titans and we and I rewatched Young Justice. And I was talking about um, kind of how season three was not weird, but it, it's just something it's different watching that because it's like season three of Young Justice, Young Justice. Yeah, because even we talked about it, like, you know, it's like watching your friends grow up or mm-hmm. something or growing up alongside them. And it's an interesting uh, approach to it, but it's like, and I was explaining that term, like, yeah, season one takes place and then season two takes place between five years later. Cause I was telling her like the character's age and she's like character's age in a cartoon. And she's like, I've never seen that. Or, and she's seen young justice, but only like, you know, off and on when I'm watching it or something. Right. But I'm like, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's really unique. And, uh, the, and the good thing about it is because there's this, you know, period of time in between like season one and season two or season two and season three if you want to go back in that period of time you can you know fit stories that fit in there to what happens um or just other storylines that you can build up in that time so it's not like you're stuck with this you know chronological story year one year two year three year four year five and then you got to be like oh you know what have been cool if the team did this and you got to like well now i got to figure out how to fit that in but because you have that blank canvas and within that period you can fit it in and then also if it's a story you're working on, address things that may come later or whatever, or, you know, address it so that, like you said, with the, the Iron Man and uh, the Avenger initiative being addressed in the Captain Marvel and stuff. So you can do those things. And because DC, I don't know if they're not paying attention or what they, they think that they don't matter or what they're not doing those things. And it, it's, I don't want to say sticks out, but it is a, it's a sticking point to their stories because it makes it feel less, cohesive and more 
like independent projects that are supposed to be connected. It's right. like if you take a, a a group and everyone makes one album and then you put it together and it's like, well, who did this beat and who did this beat and who did this? It's like, and it doesn't match. It's like, yeah, it's it's an album because it's all on the same uh, being released on the same this, uh, I want to say out uh, CD, but we don't use right. it anymore. That's a bad analogy. No, it's not. It's actually a perfect one. And I'll give you an example of one that exists that way. Outcast last album, Speaker Box and Love Below. That's mm-hmm. exactly what that is. It's packaged as one album from a from a duo, but it really isn't. It's two separate. It's it two separate it's just, things that they put together. But yeah, in in the case of the movies, it it doesn't work when you're trying to tell like interconnected stories. Um, it's almost like people are are doing um like an improv course or something like that. And instead of story building, instead of people doing that, they're just kind of like, you know, oh, um, Jane went to the store. And then? And, like, and then Max came and did, did XYZ. And it's like, who the heck is Max? You haven't even introduced him yet. You could say, like, Jane ran into Max. And then, I don't know. It's just, it's... But I am disappointed because, again, we're not... We don't know what the heck is going on. And we don't know what the heck to look forward to. Right. Other than Wonder Woman 3, which has already been. I really think that that is being put in place to combat the noise around the current Wonder Woman. I really do. If you if you put this out that, oh, you know, Wonder Woman 3 is greenlit and we're going to go ahead and go forward with it. It gives the idea of support for the film, which I guess props it up and gives it some some strength. Or it makes it appear that it has that, but I'm not fooled by it. I I do not believe. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that Wonder Woman three wouldn't happen, but I don't believe that this announcement was like ready to go, and you know they were gonna go ahead and like I think this is a reaction, uh, and and DC has proven to be reactionary, mm-hmm. aka the uh, the Snyder cut. Yeah, I just feel like there was so much, so much to be done with this film. They had really three really strong characters. Like Maxwell Lord was kind of goofy. Well, the whole that whole run on Justice League was kind of goofy. And anyway, they were like the B team, but he got reintroduced in more of a villainous role and. What I found lacking, one, his motivation, right? Like, I get he, his motive was was greed, and he wanted, mm-hmm. you know, more money and more power. But he could have achieved all of those things without enlisting everyone in the world, right? There was no reason mm-hmm. for just a greedy businessman to want to continue to do that. And I think what the idea was supposed to be was that maybe he was under the influence of the stone itself and wanted to continue doing that. But that wasn't really explained. This is just me kind of trying to make, trying to make sense of that. I think the missed opportunity with Max as he was um, written in, in the comics was this, there was a moment between Maxwell Lord and Wonder Woman that 
really changed the character and her relationship to the rest of the universe. Like Wonder Woman killed somebody or she killed she killed Maxwell Lord. And it got recorded and broadcast throughout the world. So now she just looks like a murderer. But the reason she killed him was because he basically said, you have to. That's the only way you could stop me. I feel like that was a, a missed opportunity to really make him more of a challenge for Wonder Woman. I don't feel like he was ever a direct threat to her. Like he was a threat to the world in that the world was pretty much going to come apart at the seams if he continued on with what he was doing. Mm -hmm. But it just didn't feel as personal. Like the stakes weren't really high for her. The stakes weren't really that high for her. Really anyone. I mean, we didn't really get to see the effects of like the negative aspects on, of, of uh, their wishes. I mean, we saw it on her and then like the whole emotional toil of of having to lose Steve again. Right. And then uh, the the change in um, Barbara Cheetah's uh, personality, and then the guy in Egypt, like we saw that, and even then that was only a, a, a brief. But we didn't really get the effect of. And I think that's where they failed is in, in highlighting the stakes of what's really what's really at risk, mm-hmm. rather. And it's weird because you you see this stuff happening on the screen, and you really don't really care too much about. No, because you they zoom right past it. Like we see this chaotic scene. That happened in D.C. with the they made the joke about the dude. Oh, I said I wanted a farm. I didn't want one here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it allowed us to kind of understand what was happening in the world. And you got to see, you know, in Russia that they were seeing all these nuclear weapons pop up on the radar and they were going to respond to that. And, you know, everybody's got an itchy trigger finger like that part. I get. But I think. And I, I feel like I'm making two different points and I may not be making myself clear. So the the one issue is I, I think the opportunity was missed uh, with Max, the character, to do more with him, for sure, to make him mm-hmm. more menacing. And then... And that's the thing, too, is I don't think they... I, they didn't know what they wanted to do with I, him. Exactly. Like I said, he, to me, he didn't seem as a bad guy. He seemed as someone who wanted to be He successful. was greedy. Yeah, and he got greedy. But I th- even that, it was like... He he wanted success, and then he got that, and then you know it was an escalation of of things. Mm-hmm. But he's like, okay, well, I got this. Now what's next, and and so forth. And then when it started affecting his health, um, his his reasoning for uh, trying to to how he would fix his health, I, I thought it was good, but I thought it was addressed too late in the movie. Like I think there should have been a scene of him being like sick or close to death, and just being like you know, looking in the mirror, like reflecting or something where we see he's thinking about it. Or he should have did it. He yeah. should have did it. He should have been like, okay, this is affecting my health. And instead of saying, you know, I can rebuild my health organ by organ, like he should have actually done that. It didn't have to be gory. I'm not asking you to show, you know, him murdering somebody, but show the ruthlessness of him. And then maybe the rest of that makes sense to me. If he, if you show him to be this ruthless person, then it makes sense that he would continue to escalate. But as we saw him, he was just a dude that wanted some money. 
And if all you wanted was some money and maybe power that goes along with that, like some influence, then once you have that, there's no reason to continue to escalate. Like that part wasn't explained. How did we end up where we ended up? Well, I think that's the compounding of all the the wishes and, and, and everything else. But that wasn't ever explained. That's just you making an assumption. And it makes sense to me. You, you're probably mm-hmm. right. But that. I, honestly, I'm going to tell you what I was thinking the whole time that the stone was placed on Earth as kind of a Pandora's box type of situation. And I really thought that whoever the puppet master was would have revealed themselves and mm-hmm. was ultimately going to be the the force behind all of it. And that would have been who Diana had to face. That also makes sense to me because Maxwell Lord against Wonder Woman, that's no contest. If she really wanted to, she could break his neck with little to no effort. Nothing to it. And she yeah, she is a warrior. Like, that's what she does. Exactly. And that's the thing about it, too, is, like, they didn't know what they wanted to do with him. Because, like you said, if they did make him more ruthless, then that changes the entire, you know, end of the film. Sure it does. Whereas it's not. It's not him having this realization of what he's done and what's important um, to him ultimately have being having to be, you know, killed. Maybe not, though, because the thing that changed it was his son. So even right. if he had been been shown to be more more ruthless, that imagery of his son could have been enough to jar him back. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of weak anyway, personally, because what did you think was going to happen to your kid? Like you thought he was safe and sound, <laughs> even if he was in the house. Nukes are coming to the U.S., dog. You ain't, <laughs> he ain't right. safe nowhere. <laughs> And I thought they did a. They didn't do another good. I think the exp, explanations in the movie is what's really yes. bad parts of yeah. the movie. Because um, they didn't do a good job of explaining like why are people like you know beating down his door and stuff, and why is there the crowd outside? Um, and I think they they spent too much time at the beginning of the the, the movie than where they could have spent time actually explaining certain things. And it's it's kind of. It's stupid, but again, it ties it together. Like, they spend the beginning of the movie, you see the commercial with Maxwell Lord. And at first you think it's, you know, it's just a regular commercial that's just playing in the background and stuff. And then you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be a plot point or plot device for the film. But then get successful in oil and stuff like that. And all of a sudden, business is booming. So are the people there to invest? Is that why they're there? Are they there because he has a bunch of money and they're, tr- like, trying to rob him? Like, what's that? They were there to buy stock. I think... Yeah, no, I know logically they're there to buy stock, but it's kind of like, you know, at least he had, a, I can't remember his, his secretary's name, at least have a line, like a throwaway line. And she's like, oh, my goodness, uh, the phones are, you know, uh, people are, are blowing up the lines trying to buy stock. And um, you see that line out there? That's what they're here to do. Something, you know, I mean. Right well, they kind of they kind of did. And it was easy to miss. It was a, a loudspeaker announcement. Uh, uh-uh. well, there was that, but there was a loudspeaker announcement when they were. Um, the camera was like, it was a wide shot showing the whole building with all the people outside, and there was a loudspeaker announcement saying, "People, there, um, you can't purchase stocks inside the building." I yeah, that. I didn't hear it at all. Yeah, so that that was explained, but 
it could have been more direct because you missed it. And I think the only reason why I caught it was thanks to streaming. I had uh, I watched that scene twice because okay. I left the room to go do something else. And then I rewound further back than I intended <laughs> to. <laughs> so you're like, oh, wait a minute. I right. It was. Um, I got you. Yeah, I missed that. It was, yeah. It, it, I, I think there's so much potential that just just was blown. And and Cheetah, I I really, I I really like. I know you didn't like it. I did like the progression from where she started to where she ended up, and it, it made sense to me because it seemed to me like the <laughs> how snap versus how it's going happened when the drunk dude like cat called her again. That makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. If that it, completely outside of a, a a superhero film, it doesn't even have to be the, you know a woman being victimized. Like anybody who has been harassed yeah, or really bullied long. or anything, and it doesn't even have to be like the quiet mousy you know librarian person or the you know Steve Urkel nerd or anything like that. Like just anybody. Mm-hmm. Take it, you know, it could be the, the the biggest, strongest person, but it's under the thumb of someone else. When the role then gets reversed, it's up to that person, you know, when the role is reversed to not then take advantage of the situation. Because most most people would want to. And in her case, that's what she she wanted to do that. She was frustrated anyway with what was going on. And then that happened i think that was the the switch flipping for her she was like yo i got these powers and i don't i don't want to be diana this is this is what i wanted this felt this felt good when i beat this dude to to within an inch of his life this felt good and this is what i is what i want to do that part i understood and i understand too like to to quote uh, uh dc even though they're, they're not the originators but for the discussion, it's appropriate. Um, you know, we're all like really one bad day away from like going over the edge. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I understand like presenting that and that scene, you know, being the, the tipping point for her, you know, being like, oh, why do I have to fit this role or this mold or something or accept this when, when I have power to like physically like, literal power? I mean, you have power before. But I have literal power now to prevent something like that from happening. So I don't have any, like I said, I don't have any beef with that scene or her beating that dude down. Like, I felt like he kind of deserved it. Sure. I felt once she kicked him in the middle of the street, she could have stopped. But it felt good. She wasn't going to stop. Like, that's what I mean. The, The switch flipped and it was something different going on in her brain. She should have been the main villain. That's my my humble opinion. She should have been, and then the whole when they were explaining the stone, when they met, went to go meet the the Mayan guy mm-hmm. who had information on it or whatever. It was like there was again no no explanation on what was really going on. All of a sudden they're like they're just speculating. All of a sudden their speculation is just taken as being like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's definitely right. what it is. And then her being kind of like, well, you know, I like what I'm getting at or whatever. It's like. There was no path to where they ended up. It was just kind of like, okay, this is where we're at. And we're just going to take this dude's word for it. Cool. Yeah. 
and she was kind of like, oh, okay, not worried at all, like, oh, what's happening to me or right. any of that stuff or any, uh, she just was kind of like, well, why would we want to reverse it? Maybe things are fine. I felt like that kind of fell flat, so. I got to disagree with you again. It's like steroids. I think that's kind of what it was kind of akin to for her. Like, you know, steroids is bad for you and you, and it's, you know, doing damage to your body. But the results that you get from from it outweigh that. And I think that's kind of where she was, especially considering where she was in her life and how unhappy she was. And to now have not only this power, but and this is the suspension of disbelief on our part as well. But her whole life changed. Like she went from being this timid, quiet, easily dismissed person to, you know, all eyes are on me. And, you know, for them to even make the comments, she's like, oh, with all this reading and my eyesight seems to have improved, like everything about her is better. And what she was essentially being asked to do was to go back to that. It's it's a tall ask of anyone to you know go to this high mountaintop or you get to reach this pinnacle of of whatever in this case power for her to see what that's like to experience that right. and then to say yeah you got to go back to what you were doing before but then i guess too like i said this is the the bad story storytelling of it is that Again, at that point in time, they're not really telling you what the risks are. They're just like, oh, this, you know, it's like a monkey's right. ball. So you get one thing and something goes bad. And it's like, well, I mean, at that point, what had happened, the, the land had been um, cordoned off in Egypt. Like that was like the largest scale thing that had happened, really, um, other than just the fact that Diana was losing her powers, which, again, that only affected her. Even then, it's like we... That to me, that didn't come through well because no, it did not. We didn't really, we didn't get to see her really do anything, you know, feats of strength, um, <laughs> uh, for Festivus. Festivus for the rest of us. Uh, we, <laughs> we didn't really get to see her do anything in this movie. Like, yeah, she took down some some muggers or robbers, but it wasn't even really robbers. Only just dumb criminals in the beginning. Right. Um, of the movie and we saw her like save you know people and do some some other things but we never really saw you know the fact that well we saw that in the previous film though yeah but again we need a reminder it's been I agree no I agree there was not enough action like Wonder Woman is a warrior interestingly I thought something that they did was kind of clever but I sure didn't get it in the beginning and, and the execution of it looked kind of weird too so with her losing her power obviously was she she was struggling to break the lock on that door mm-hmm. i'm like okay well this is stupid but i obviously that was them showing that she was losing her power but to go from that and then later on where she conceivably should be weaker mm-hmm. she like taking out tanks and without explanation, like, is she, if they showed that, you know, there was like a toll or something that it took her to do that other than like her being, I mean, she did get shot in, in a couple other and wounded right. a little bit, but you know, her, that we saw like a toll on her physically 
where it's kind of like, okay, you're, you're beat up and you know, it's, it's a little tougher for you, but you're still pretty strong and, and durable. It wasn't until we saw like the white house scene where, you know, she got grazed by a bullet again right. and, and worked over uh, that we, but that, again, that was just like a limitation of her physical powers. So, which all of that makes sense. I mean, that, that did make sense mm-hmm. to me that she, that was the cost of her using the stone. No, it makes sense as well, but it's just the lock didn't make sense to me. Yeah, it, you go from that to being able to run at high speeds again and push over a tank, right? Everything. I know, you know, another thing that kind of fell flat for me is the end scene where she finds where she learns to fly, which I think I'm pretty cool. Like, I like it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, it works for me. The, 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 um, using her lasso to swing from, uh, lightning bolts. Eh, I don't know. It was a cool was visual, but it doesn't make sense. At first, cause I was like, wait, is she flying or is she web slinging? Gliding or, <laughs> or, yeah, or lasso. Yeah. Like, what is she doing? Yeah. And, but it's one of those things there. It's like, we don't see that in Batman v Superman or, uh, Justice League. Um, which I'm okay with, but yeah, she wouldn't have had a reason to fly in those movies. Well, no, she would have um, had a reason to fly in Justice League, not so much BVS. Right. But the when she finds the broadcast center and then she flies back home to get the Amazon mm-hmm. armor. And usually, like in, in our movies, you know, they have the big team ups and or not the big team ups, the final battle. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay. Like, yeah, like you said, she's a warrior. She's preparing for battle. She's putting battle armor on. That makes sense. But then the final fights don't all, almost don't really happen. No, I feel like the fight between her and uh, Cheetah was was. I was weak. It was for for those two characters. We have a fully powered Diana again. Because at first I was like, they did have they did kind of make me wonder like maybe she's not going to renounce her her wish and Steve is still going to be around and that's why she needs the armor. You know, and she's going to be weaker. She's going to be weaker and she's going to be fighting and blah blah blah. But then she's like, no, I renounced my wish. Steve goes away. And then she puts the armor on. And then she has this fight with Cheetah, which I thought the aggression was kind of mm-hmm. cool. When she, and she's using her the wings to shield herself and everything. I thought that was kind of cool. But then she loses the wings and they fight for a few seconds. And then they swing around for a very long time. Right. And then they're in the water. And then Cheetah gets electrocuted. And somehow the electricity, which doesn't affect Diana that much, which I understand. But she's wearing a full metal suit, so I wrapped my head around that. But I just kind of was like, what's the point of this? Like, other than something that looks cool on screen, what's the point? You know, you're not going up against, you know, Dark Side. You're not going up against, uh, it just doesn't fit for what it what it's supposed it to be. It actually made sense to me, though, because she didn't know what she was walking into. Like, she's going to storm the... Yeah, the president's, like, secret. Exactly. Thing recording so it's 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 anything could have been there so the armor made sense to me what didn't make sense to me was how easily the armor was dispatched yeah like cheetah's strong for sure but correct me if i'm wrong but the armor was made out of all of the amazon's armor for the one amazon to take on the world that's what she said now obviously it wasn't the whole world but it should be stronger than what one person should be able to dismantle, superpowered or not. But I don't know. I feel like I'm 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 
dumping all over the film, and I really don't mean to do that. It was the things that were enjoyable about it were enjoyable, but there's just so much about it that I was just like, yo, this is, this ain't it. Yeah, I think, it, like I said, it's it's easier to talk about things that were wrong than what, what that was right. Because there's um, so much of all it. All in all, I enjoyed the movie. I don't think, other than like the pacing of it, and some of those, uh, like the, the, the holes, I don't think it's, uh, some of the criticism I've seen online, you should have fallen within there. And I think that's, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's, if it's, if this makes it a, a bomb or not, you know, like, or something that's messy. I mean, when it comes to the DC stuff, this to me is, it's below Man of Steel, but it's above Batman v Superman or Justice League. Agreed. So I don't know if that's a good thing. I mean, to me, it's Wonder Woman, Man of Steel, Aquaman, and then I guess this. Yeah. I mean, like DC, in my opinion, is not even bad in 500. There are more bad films than there are good ones. And the good ones are just okay. Like, I, I remember I couldn't stand Man of Steel, but with some perspective, that might be the best movie in this whole universe. Really? You think Man of Steel is better than Wonder Woman? No, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. I take it back. Wonder Woman is the best. The, f- the first one. But Man of Steel is much, much better than I had given it credit for compared to everything that came after it. And now I got to think, is Wonder is Man of Steel better than Aquaman? I, I won't say it is because Aquaman, to me, well, not to me, it, it is. It's just a ripoff of the animated, not a ripoff. It's a <laughs> live action adaptation of the animated version. Right. And if you've seen that one, you've seen Aquaman. And that's kind of like the issue I have with Avengers is it's the, kind of like the same thing. So that's the reason I'm like Aquaman was good, but it wasn't that it wasn't anything unique or different. It's like, oh, if you're not the three million people who watch the animated DC movies, then, you, you know, this would be new to you. Right. But if you're in that population of people who have, then yep, sorry, but we got your money already. No, that makes sense. I guess too is like looking at like things that are bad and 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 saying that this is this a bad movie. It's kind of like were there more bad points than good points in the movie? And I don't think it was. I mean, a few like we talk about them a lot, but it's really like those little small things. And at the end of the day, like the the people trying to break into the into the not break down, but buy stock who were there in person uh-huh. and stuff. Um doesn't really affect the end results of the movie that much no um it, it's it's a effect of kind of like what's going on or a commentary on that that's done poorly but it doesn't affect it so all in all i still think you know if I, on, on a five-star scale this is more of a two and a half that's pretty dang low <laughs> <laughs> yeah two and a half is like in the middle so it's like it's two and a half is basically a standard movie like not everything's going to be Three, not everything's going to be a four. Well, I guess two and a half stars is what fifty percent. Yeah, it's exactly fifty percent, and that's a failed grade yeah. by any metric. Like if you, if you get fifty percent on an exam, you fail. But when you think about like all of the movie and all of the things that come out there, like there's just stuff that's just pretty general. Like, are we weighing it? Are we weighing Wonder Woman eighty four against Wonder Woman? You know what I mean? And, and that's why it's bad. Like if this was any other movie, would it still be? as criticized as it as it was or as it's being i think it overall probably not but in 
just just me, my opinion, absolutely it would because my issue isn't that Wonder Woman 84 is not as good as Wonder Woman. It is the things that we've discussed that are unique to this film. And whether it was part of a larger universe or a standalone movie, those problems would still be there. Most of them. Obviously, the 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 continuity issues that wouldn't apply if it were standalone, but everything else, you know, that I would still feel the same way about it, which if I was giving it, uh, you know, on a scale of one to five, I probably would be at a two, two and a half myself. I just, I may watch it again just to see if with some distance and, and, you know, lowered expectations is more enjoyable, but I might not ever watch it again. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to check it out again. Um, there were some other things in there that I kind of thought was like a step in, a step backwards almost. Like I thought the the, the music in some parts were real, was really good in other parts. Like Wonder Woman's theme, which I think is a great piece of music. Yes. Like the, the drums and everything and that is just, it, it's great. They changed it around for this thought, one too. They changed it, yeah. I didn't really like no, it. No, I didn't either. Like, maybe they were trying to make it 80s-ish. I, don't that's, know, I think that's what it was. It doesn't fit. Some stuff is just cla- is just flawless and classic, mm-hmm. so leave it as it is. I'll, I'll probably check it out again just to see w- what ends up happening. Yeah, we'll see. And how I feel about it upon like a second viewing. I mean, I'm not in a rush to see it. I will have to watch it within the remaining like 28 days that it's available. Right, <laughs> which is wild to me. You know, I appreciate that. And I think we can talk about that on a another episode. But, Absolutely. Uh, that, ladies and gentlemen, I, is what I they call a tease. I, yep. Best in the business, which is what Wonder Woman 84 failed to do. Indeed. Really quick, what do you think about the end credit scene? Or the, the, um, the post-credit scene, sorry. I kind of expected it. I, I, somebody told me Linda Carter was in the film or... I think I knew she was in the film. And then when they described the armor being the given to the one Amazonian who, you know, kind of held everybody. I was like, OK, this, well, that's who that is. Clearly, that's who that is. Um, I thought it was pretty cool, though. It was it was a nice homage to her. And it was cool that she got her moment, you know, because she she was Wonder Woman. She was Wonder Woman for a generation. And beyond that, because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with Linda Carter, Wonder Woman. I was in the 70s, but I, I was familiar with it through reruns. So I guess in some ways I did grow up with her in that role. Yeah, I liked it. I thought it was pretty good. Um, I thought maybe, I don't know what I thought. I just thought maybe um, it would be a different person, maybe alluding to like, a, you know, the third movie or, or what's next. Mm. But then when I saw Linda Carter, I was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." Yeah, and especially because she wasn't involved in the other the DC um, uh, cross the multiverse. Yeah, um, I, the multiverse. Yeah. So, and to me, this trumps that. So, yeah, I thought it was yeah. cool. I, I enjoyed seeing her. And, you know, I thought she's like, "Oh, I've been doing this for a while." I'm like, "Yeah, that's that's awesome." Yeah, that was like, that was pretty dope. Wouldn't be here without the 1970s Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. No, that's absolutely that's fan service done well. Hmm. But as Josh alluded to, uh, this is a larger conversation than what can be had in one episode. The idea that 
a film this big goes on to streaming and everything that goes along with that, like, what's up with that? We're going to discuss that on our next episode. And I promise you guys are not going to have to wait as long on this one as you have in the past. Uh, I know I be apologizing for this stuff all the time, but here's the deal, man. This Rona out here is crazy and it's messing everything up. It just is. <laughs> it just is. And and that's kind of, you know, we're no exception to that. Things things happening out in, out in the world and such. And it's, you know, putting unfortunate delays on the product. But I think Josh and I have gotten all of those things taken care of so we can get you. Yeah, your nerd hot takes that you come and come to know and love from us. Agreed. Josh, you got any homework for the people? Nah, I'm not. I don't got anything. I, I'm. I just agree with what you were saying about like the Rona messing everything up, and then it's like, uh, did you did you do anything for the for the listeners? Nope. Did not. Boy, it beats that way sometimes. What about you? What do you got? I don't have a specific thing because I'm waiting on some some information so I'm gonna hold off on some homework that I did have but what I will say is this I won't specifically give you an artist or writer to go to but this will be your assignment find an indie writer or artist or inker or penciler somebody who you think is doing really dope work and find a way to support that person. If you can do so financially and you, you have the means and the desire and you see something that they're doing that you're enjoying, do that. If you can't support financially because right now we can't, you know, not all of us can. Uh, what you can do is, you know, like their work, follow what they're doing online, drum up some additional support from other people who might also find it interesting who they might be able to support financially. You know, if you, we all uh, are kind of in this thing together, man. And, and whatever we can do to, um, you know, lift up those of us who are really helping us get through this stuff. Like the artists are really, <laughs> you know, allowing us to have the, uh, have a, a level of escapism from the nonsense that's going on outside of our window. So that's your assignment. Find somebody that's doing some dope work and go support them. Cool. Please. Yeah, yeah. If you find something that that you can put us on to, I'm definitely, or we are definitely open to that and interested in that and, you know, want to support as well. So when you guys do that, get back at us and let us know what you think. Tell us what you thought of the movie. Did you agree with what we thought? Did you think the movie was excellent? Did you think it was worse than what we did? We want to hear from you as always. Let us know what you think. You can follow us on Instagram at views from the back of the class underscore pod. You can follow us on Twitter at the other N word. You can email us at viewspod at gmail.com or you can call or text. Text will probably be uh, easier to do, um, but you can call or text us at 312-521-0527. And on that note, class dismissed. <laughs>